And it's exciting. We, we start Ignite tonight. And uh, I've just been going through and, and just trying to put people into teams and, 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 and in groups. And so far we've got four, uh, we've got 14 tables of eight. So I don't know what that is by math, but that's a few people. And, um, and there's more just registering. So uh, it's going to be a phenomenal time um, over the next uh, 12 weeks of just contending um, for a greater reality of God and his purposes and who we are in him. You could really spend eternity just teaching those things, couldn't we? Who is this person called Jesus Christ, Yahweh, Lord? Who is he? Who then am I in him? Because my identity is found in him. It's not found in my parents. It's not found in things. My, my identity is found in Christ and then how does that then flow out of me into fulfilling the purposes that he has for us? Firstly, as a body, when I say the body, I don't mean just the rock, I mean the body of Christ. And then he breaks that body down into pieces, into nations, and into cities, and into communities. And we've just been journeying this whole thing on this whole thing called oneness. And I want to continue on that theme today. But before I do, I want to pray for faith today. Simon mentioned that we've had some amazing uh, just ministry time, but faith. Abraham, what made him righteous was his faith. See, it wasn't the blood of Christ because Christ had not even come. It was his faith. Faith carrying a conviction to believe in something so phenomenal that it gets you accredited as righteousness. Right standing with God because of a belief, a conviction. That's what faith is. It's a conviction of a heart position. I believe that to be true. So the Bible says he saw a city being built in the future by the hands of God. And he went, yes and amen to that. Received the promise of that. Now in his present Although he didn't actually receive the physical blessing of it in that moment. Does that make sense? He receives it by spirit and then says yes and amen. And the receiving of it by faith in the spirit activated something in the now. And this is exactly what God is doing here amongst us. 1 Thessalonians 2.9 says that they heard the word of God by faith. So you've got to hear everything by faith, discern to see whether it is the Word of God. But receive it with anticipation by faith. And the Bible says that that person, that group that receive His Word by faith, the Word performs a work in us, which then flows out of us. And this is what we're looking at when we talk about oneness Jesus prayed for oneness. So this is, I pray that they will be one part three. If you haven't heard part two and part one of my messages, I'd really encourage you to go and have a listen on the website. And so you can get context for some of the things that we're sharing. But the Bible says that we are to be perfected into it. We just sung that awesome song, I won't relent until you have it all. See, he's not going to relent because his love is so incredible. You see, his love is so profound that he's not going to relent until we come into all he has for us. See, it's never been about sin. It's been about faith. 
That's why when you let sin bog you down, you've got to get your eyes off yourself and onto him. He says, I came to heal you, cleanse you of all that stuff. Get past all of that. Get your eyes off you and your stuff and get it onto me. And that stuff just dissipates. I died for it all. So why are you beating yourself up over stuff I died for? It's gone. So yes, you know, conscience speaks. Lord, ask, forgive me, clean. Boom, straight into king, sonship, right into this, back into this mode. Because he died for you and I to experience the fullness of him. It's radical, isn't it? Are we hearing that by faith? What he died for, and when he created you and I, he wants to share his throne with us. He wants to share his throne with us. Oh, He wants to share his throne with us. Come on. <laughs> I pray that they would be one. Why? Why? Because if my people are one, a world believes that I was sent. Two, so the kingdom of God, the transformational work of heaven manifests itself in and through the church. So this work of perfection is being done. It is not done, it's being done. Done and being done. I like, can you put, um, James, the words up to that song, I won't relent, relent, and about the fire, can't be the fire inside of me. Look at the words to the song. See, someone who wrote this knew something. It says, can't be the fire inside of me until you and I are one. I thought I was one. Well, I am one when I receive him because the same spirit that lives in me, lives in him, lives in us. We said this last week, didn't we? We are one, but we are until you and I are one. A time is coming, it now has. Saved being saved. Present text. So yes, we are one because we receive him, but we have to become one. One in what? One in thinking. One in speaking, one in seeing, one in hearing, and one in action. The Bible says you and I are being transformed into the image of who? Christ. Do you know what that means? That we are to be transformed into the image of the one we worship and follow. Why? Because he wants to share his throne with you. He wants a mature people. A mature bride. Yeah? How weird it would be if I married a five-year-old. There's names for that. I would be thrown up in prison. Wouldn't I? You see, he wants us on this process of, I pray that they would be perfected into Unity, which we said last week, that same word is one. I pray that they would be in us. Not just receive my grace and be saved from hell, but then, starting point, come into the fullness 
of what is on offer in the kingdom because of love. Because I met someone that I fell in love with. And because I'm in love with him, I want to lay my life down for him. And I want to experience the fullness and give my life away like he gave his life away. To experience the joy and the peace and the righteousness that goes beyond any understanding here on the earth. And to then reflect him on the earth that I would bring glory unto his name. Not as an individual, but as a body. Imagine being part of a community that thought like Christ, saw like Christ, heard like Christ, spoke like Christ, and acted like Christ. How phenomenal would it be to be in that community? Well, he's doing that work here. Do you want to be part of that? I'm signing up for it, but you know, it's not little. And there is a battle that rages for that in the spirit realm. A battle. You see, Paul said, I fight the good fight of faith. What do you think that is? We play we at home with Lily. She's very aggressive. I don't know where she got that from. Her mother. Thank you, Michael. There's this game that you play with a big stick. It's, it's like, you know, it's like the sword thing. And she's into it. Whack, 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 whack. She almost hits the TV. Lily, get away from the telly. And you're sort of like, and she's, <clears throat> she's got that look in her eye. Like, and then when anyone played Wii and then you're sort of on the end, you into the water. She's like, yeah. She's four and a half. You want to try playing tennis with her? Whack! Table tennis! Whack! She's in a fight. Paul said, I fought the good fight. This is a war of the spirit, not of the flesh, of the spirit. It's aggressive. There is a fight for what is being shared here. There is a fight. Self is one of the enemies. And Satan is the other. But the reality is, I think self is bigger than him. Because it says if you die to yourself, he really has nothing to mess with you in. If you submit to God, he goes. He'll come back. But the more we know who we are in him, because we have died to self, and entered into sonship, Because we're going on a process of becoming one, one in spirit. Not one in the flesh, one in spirit first. That's why it's not dependent on bloodline. That's pretty huge what I just said. You see, we fight for physical family more than we fight for spiritual family. But Greg, blood is thick in the water. It may be. Is it bigger than what God's trying to do on the earth? Is it bigger than what God's plans are? There's the challenge. Because the one we worship said this. He said, these are not my mother or my brother. He said, brothers, these people who do the will of my father are my brothers. 
You see, spiritual oneness is not dependent on bloodline. It's not dependent on flesh. I can be married to Danielle and have no spiritual oneness with her. I have physical oneness with her. My role as a husband is to lead my wife and my children into spirit-led oneness. Where I'm actually disconnectedly connected from my wife and my children. And connected to him. And his ways and his purposes. That's what it means when it says, seek first the kingdom, my complete other way in which I operate and think, see, act here, completely different to the earth's pulls. Seek first my reality, what he's saying. See, we, once again, we pray heaven come down and we just think pretty much it's signs and wonders. I love seeing God move in the supernatural. Don't get me wrong. But what we're really praying is, God, I want to think like you, hear like you, see like you, speak and then act like you. I want to appropriate what it looks like to be a kingdom follower, a disciple of Christ on the earth. And so I want to utter the same words and understand the same words that you say when you say, that's really confusing. This is not my mother or my brother. It are these people. They're not connected by bloodline at all. They're these random men that he's picked to walk with. Is that a challenge? It challenges me. Because I was brought up in a family that one wasn't Christian, but it was like family is the most important thing. Bloodline, the most important thing. You die for your brother, your mother, your father. Bloodline is what... It's the most important thing. And that's what I hear mostly in the church as well. And I want to challenge that. I'm challenged by it and go, no. No, spiritual family. Oneness with the Father of the Spirit. Oneness of the Son. And oneness with one another in the Spirit. Manifesting itself out, which creates an incredible love for everybody. It creates incredible a community of grace and mercy and generosity and love and power. Being disconnected from the world and being connected into heaven where the culture and the DNA is manifesting in the church. So you know what? You can actually love your wife, your husband, your children, other people with the love of Christ. It's the only way you can love one another with his love is if it's his love in you because you've gone through a process and been perfected into oneness with him. Why? Why would you want to do that, Greg? So a world would believe that Jesus was sent for them. Number two, so the kingdom would actually come through and establish itself in the church not in the building, in the people of God. That my people would be pillars on the earth that support my son, truth. And that people would run to truth. They would run to pillars. That's my heart is to see multiple, multiple people come here and then leave here and come here who are being built as pillars. Can you imagine 500, 1,000 people, the glow the glow of Christ, because it's Christ in us that's the hope. 
If it kicks off, Syria's kicking off, Egypt's kicking off, I don't know, earthquakes are happening. Who in the world going to be looking at for hope? Well, it's supposed to be the church. Why? Because the church have been committed into a process of becoming one with the one that they follow. Where? I, once again, hear me. We are one and becoming one. The reality of truth. Anyone want to... How, how many of us want everything God has? I don't know. I love that answer. I love everyone's answer. I don't actually know. You see, the cost involved to receive everything he has, to be perfected into this oneness, man, but what or who you become outstrips that. It's so back to front, isn't it, to think that you could let go but then receive something greater. It's, it's this whole whacked out But it's not thinking because it's kingdom. It's like what I said before, to think that, hold on, physical family is not as more important as spiritual family. That's completely outside of my parameter of thinking today. I don't even know if I believe that. I said you're going to need faith today. It's completely, what are you trying to say to me, Greg? Well, probably the same things, but in a different context that Jesus said to his disciples when he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And you know what they said? Who can hear this type of teaching? It's way too hard. His disciples said this. Come with me to John 6, verse 41. John 6, 41. And as I said before, there is a battle that rages for oneness in spirit with him, his son, and one another. It's the thing thing the enemy goes after the most. We can play church. We can do church. We say all those things. But if you want to be the church, we will awaken opposition. He is totally comfortable with everyone playing church, doing it, and conforming to man-made patterns. He is not interested. In fact, he goes and has a holiday in Hawaii. He says, look, they're doing fine by their own, leading themselves around and around the mountain. But if you want to be in him and in truth, and you start seeing and seeing as he sees him, imagine if we all spoke like Christ. We just prayed because wounds get in. Why do wounds get in? Thank you, Tim. Why is it? You see, there's this ultimate place in Christ. What did Christ say when he was whipped? Smashed from pillar to post. What did he say? He said, forgive them. How does he do that as a man? 
What about Stephen? Do we know the story of Stephen? He's not an apostle. He's not a prophet. He's not what would we perceive as being in the elite task force team. He's this guy they asked to wait on tables. But you know what he is? Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. I'll turn my fingers around that way. Sorry. Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And he starts declaring the kingdom reality. He starts speaking about Christ. He starts speaking the truth. But what happens to poor Stephen? He gets stoned. The religious sect gets stones and blasphemy and they go after him. And they start stoning him to death. What does he say? Please do not hold this sin against them. Where are his eyes looking and he can see? Anyone seen Jesus and the Father lately on the throne as you look up to earth, at the skies? See, the man is in such a oneness in spirit that he can say the same words that Christ uttered on the cross. Is he a human being? Is he special? Maybe, maybe not. Did he get something that you never got? No. See, we can't let that picture demotivate us because it's the people we're becoming. It's the people God calls us to be. This is what it means to be a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, to be able to utter the words that he utters when offense comes. I mean, think about that. The man's getting stoned. And he says these words, do not hold the sin against them. Grace is being released. It's freeing himself. He's that one in spirit. And it is possible for every single person in this room, in the, in the world who calls themselves a follower, to be able to be in that position and utter the same words. Because the same God that's in Stephen, the same Holy Spirit that's in Stephen, is in you and I. Perfected into this oneness. This is why a world looks and sees and believes. This is the preparation for the bride of Christ. These are the people that will rule and reign or reign with Christ in the millennium. People who have got on a journey of the spirit and been perfected into this posture who then take that and manifest that kingdom reality on the earth through speaking, seeing, hearing, action. I talked about David last week. He manifested Christ's likeness when Saul was after him. And so we're going to look at this passage where we see this battle for oneness. And it rages. So let's read. I'm going to skip a little bit. Okay, so John 6, 41. Jesus is speaking to Jews. So he then starts to speak. So have a read of this in your own time. But he talks about being the bread of life. He talks about the manna that they received in heaven. Uh, sorry, in the wilderness. He starts talking about being the bread. He then transitions this bread to I am the bread. 
So then he brings himself into this reality. It's me. I am the bread. I was the one that fed. It's me. I'm now on the earth and I'm declaring his reality. Okay. Then he says these words and he says, my, uh, he says, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So he, eat, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who lives this bread will live forever. So he now transitions and he starts speaking to his disciples. Okay. So he's spoken to Jews, he's now speaking to disciples, he says this, these things he said in synagogue, this is verse 59, as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said these words, this is a difficult statement, who can listen to it? So what I just said about loving your fleshly, physical family more than loving, is that a hard statement? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Depends on your family. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but this is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is speaking truth. And he's declaring a reality. Yet his disciples say these words. When they heard him say this, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? There's no oneness here at the moment, is there, in thinking? One in spirit because they've received him. They're disciples. What's a disciple? A learner, a student, one who wants to be like the teacher. So they've received him. But yet in their thinking, they are, and they're speaking, they're speaking completely two different paradigms. Do we agree with that? So anyone see there's a problem there? No? Yeah? Because their actions outline their thinking, what they speak, and you're going to read about they walk away from him. You what? How do you walk away when it's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords declaring his reality? Because they don't have ears to hear what he's saying. And they get offended because they hear through the carnal mind. And through that carnal mind thinking, it causes an action and they decide to walk away. What does that mean? It says they followed him no more. See, I believe you can walk away from what God's saying and never realize it. You don't necessarily walk away from your relationship with him, but you, it may lead to that. But you walk away never realizing that he's going, where are you going? And then it's fascinating when you read, then he turns to Peter. Being Christ was so lonely. You realize that? We sort of paint him as man. He was God and all this stuff. And he was man on the earth. Submitted to the Father. He's a beautiful picture for us to show us what's possible when we're submitted to the Father and under the Father with the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, full of we know who we are and authority in Him and what can happen. But I reckon He lived a lonely, lonely existence on the earth 
for most of his life. Because the men he walked with are constantly going to and and froing. And so he sees many of his disciples walk away and he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, are you going to go too? Is this too difficult for you as well? And what's Peter's reaction? Who can tell me? Where will I go? You hold the words of eternal life. How come the men who have just left couldn't hear the words of eternal life? If you read down, it says this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. What words? The words I just said. Eat my flesh and uh, drink my blood. These words are the spirit. A carnal mind can't understand the things of the spirit. A fleshly mind, a physical mind can't understand the things of the spirit when the spirit speaks. But it brings life. Those who are in the spirit hear it in the spirit and it brings life. What is life? Transformation. Where? On the inside of us. So we come into the reality of what he's speaking about. Not just having our Christianity on the external. So it's something I come to. It's something I do. It's something that's always outside of me. It's not really in me. And I'm not living from it inside out. This is what he died for everyone to experience. To live having the life of Christ in us. So we can hear and understand and come into be perfected into this oneness. And so his Holy Spirit, which we all have received, seals us that this can be a reality. Yes. But the challenge or the opportunity is for you and I to come into it. See, it's a little bit like this. Who's been diving? Who's who's gone and and put a tank on the back and gone down diving. It's awesome, isn't it? It's amazing what you start to see as you are on top of the surface on a boat and you look down and you see some fish and bits and bobs and all that, but you can't really see or, you know, the detail and the types of fish until you get under the water. And it's a little bit like this where two people go deep sea diving. I'd done it. I went to 15 meters. It was phenomenal. Man, I was like a five-year-old. Didn't want to come up. The guy tapped me on the head three times. I said, no, man, I'm not coming up. So he grabbed my oxygen tank and he said, look at that. No more oxygen left. Okay, we're going up. But I'm at 15 meters. You know what? People who had their license could go diving off the reef. They could go 100 and something meters down. I could only go 15. So I'm down there and I'm having a look around and seeing all these cool fish and the colors of the fish and it's really awesome and you try and reach out and touch the fish and it obviously is used to people because they didn't take off. They sort of just were a little bit outside of your, your range but were looking at you and there was beautiful colors and all sorts of those things. And then we got back on the boat but then the people who had been down to 100 feet or 100 meters started talking about the fish that they could see. They started talking about fish this big. You should have seen them. They were purple fish, multicolored fish, rainbow fish. I'm going, I didn't see them. No, they weren't. 
Yeah, no, there really were, man. There was this fish this big and blah, blah. Nah. No, there weren't. No, the fish about that big, they're grey in colour. And... No, 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 no. Mate, I went down to 100 metres. I'm telling you, there's some awesome fish at 100 metres. Well, wasn't my experience. Don't know if that's true or not. Well, why don't you come with me? Why don't you get your license? Why don't I walk with you and coach you how to dive to 100 metres so we can go down and see together? No, no, I'm quite comfortable at 15 metres. In fact, I don't even think those fish exist. So why would I want to do that? Because you've got to see the fish at 100 metres. They taste amazing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He tastes amazing when you eat his flesh and drink his blood and can hear what he's saying in the reality on the inside. These fish taste amazing. You haven't tasted fish like them in your whole life. Oh, I've had pretty good fish at the local Greek fish and chip shop in Plymouth. Can you hear what I'm saying? See, what happens if I decide to get my license, enter into discipleship with my brother, seek the Holy Spirit, seek what the Holy Spirit's saying, seek it out for myself, walk with my brother, do the course together, and then go diving and see fish that are this big. Do you know the unity those two people have in that posture? Is phenomenal. Because not only are they seeing the fish, they're tasting the fish. The Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. And from the inside out come rivers of living water. But here we see these men who go, who can listen to this? You see, there is a battle in the spirit for this oneness that God is declaring here at the rock. I've said this many times. It's not going to be like a McDonald's meal. You won't just hear. Let me explain this. If if this is the revelation that we have and someone starts to speak of a revelation here, you won't understand it until you seek the Holy Spirit and the Spirit reveals what that depth of truth is. You will never understand it in your fleshly carnal thinking or the depth of understanding you have in God. Does that make sense? So when someone speaks and they're talking at a hundred meters in the spirit, Paul said, I've gone to, I'm going to third heavens. I'll go into greater revelations. I'm speaking realities that I write in a book. But if we try and understand that and we haven't gone where Paul's gone in the spirit, we never will. The truth has to be revealed through the spirit of God. These words are spirit. They're not of the flesh. They are spirit and they are life. And so instead of running away, they should have run too. 
but they are unable to hear the words of the Spirit which birth life because they are trying to hear it through an unrenewed filter. They haven't been on the process of having their minds renewed by the Spirit. And as a result, many disciples walked away. They walked away from oneness. They walked away from thinking like Christ, seeing like Christ, hearing like Christ, speaking, and then acting. Just during the week, I'm in two kings at the moment. I'm reading about Elisha and his servant. And there's armies coming to take out Elisha. And the guy's as calm as. I reckon it probably looked like the All Blacks last night about playing Australia. Just calm. This is in the bag. Let's not get in place, but this is in the bag. We're at peace. He's at complete peace. But his servant is panicking and running around because he sees all the armies coming. He's like, we're doomed, man. There's only two of us. And there's thousands coming. And Elisha says, can't you see all the, the angels on the hills? He's like, you got any binoculars? No. He says, what do you mean? No, can't you see them surrounding us? Warriors, angels protecting the two of us against thousands of them. He goes, No. He said, well, we better pray to the Lord. Well, let me read it to you. Cause... See, prayer. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. What do you mean, open his eyes? He can see, he can see there aren't any. He can see there aren't any. What does he need to open his eyes for? He says, open his eyes, Lord, only the Lord can do it. Open his eyes so he can see what I'm seeing. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw... And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Isn't that phenomenal? Now, what do you think just happened to the servant's faith? Ah, oh, sweet, we're all good now. Woo, you guys going to get a bed. But one minute, the guy's panicking, running around. Ah, come with me. Come with me. Now, Father, open up my brother's eyes, sisters, to see what you're showing me. Oneness in spirit now at a measure that they weren't in before. Changes the way you speak. Changes the way you act. It's truly, guys, phenomenal what God is trying to birth and is birthing in you and I here and around the globe. And bringing you and I to be pillars that support truth. That the manifold wisdom of God is brought through the church to the earth. In the times, we're living in crazy times. Crazy times. Will we be found ready? Will you and I be ready? It's kicking off. 
Will we be ready? Will we stand and be one in spirit, one in sight, one in thinking, one in love, one in heart posture? Here's the challenge for the church. I said it last week. It's the hardest, the most challenging, but the greatest opportunity that God invites us all to be. And then he says this, if you'll be these people of oneness, guess what? You'll marry me. Guess what? You'll reign with me. Guess what? A world will believe that I was sent and the kingdom of God will be established in the people and through the people. I'm trying to paint a massive picture today. I'm hoping that you can see parts of the picture. Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel painting this amazing creation. You know, it got dirtied over time. Paul paints this picture, it gets dirtied over time. And they decided to clean it. You know what they started to see? The detail in Michelangelo's picture, stuff they'd never seen before. Why? Because of the dirt. Because they couldn't see it because of the dirt. They had to remove the dirt to see, wow, look at that. We haven't seen that for 400 years. It's been there. It's been there the whole time. But do we have eyes to see? And God says this, you know what? I pattern discipleship. The only way you come into it, really, if you walk with one another, because I've given different people different gifts, different measure of grace, different power, different abilities of the Spirit to see things, speak things, prophetic things, discern things, reach out to the lost with this gift, pastor the flock with this gift, speak God's truth with this gift, see see patterns in the heavenlies and declare them into the reality of the earth. And I put this all together with all these giftings so they could be one. Because it's me. And man, does a world and a church need to see God today? Yeah? I want to be like Stephen and be able to speak with authenticity and go, do not hold this sin against. And offer that type of grace and love and power. But for that to be a work, you know what? We've got to get into the grit of life. We've got to get in where it's hard. You've got to give God opportunity to get into those areas of your life that we want to hold on to. We've got to submit to other people. One another. Not just one person, one another. We've got to, we've got to place ourselves under people. We have to come in and serve and lift up people. We've got to encourage people. Come on, believe, believe, have faith, have faith. Don't give up, don't give up. It's a fight, it's a fight. Know your word of God. Know the living word of God. Ask for him more and more. Man, he's he's beautiful. He's the most beautiful person I've ever met in my entire being. To be set apart for him. And then to love others as he loves. That's the commandment. Love God, love others. You never love others if you don't love him and allow him to do a work. And what happens is we commit to this oneness. You'll notice you'll start to think like him. You'll start to see like him. That nutter that was speaking that Sunday about purple fish. I got a glimpse of purple fish. 
person that was speaking somewhere and I heard them talking about knowing God and I went, I don't know him like that. So I decided to seek him. You know what? I can say I know him like that. I read his words, his living words, and I start seeing pictures coming off, stories coming off. I can see the living reality of this thing, not just a book, but the living truth that sets the captive free. But there is a battle, man, and it starts right here. Do I think it's true? Do I believe it could be my reality? You know what? If you speak death over yourself, it never will be. You know what's really incredibly, I reckon, broke his heart here? Is that when that unbelief got spoken out into the environment, all the unbelieving spirits went, Amen. And all the unbelieving spirits went, Let's go be one over this side somewhere. Yeah? You speak unbelief. You speak death. All those that are on that frequency can go, yeah, that's right. That's the truth. Now it never worked. Let's go over here and set up camp over here. How many men went into the promised land? Twelve. How many came out and gave a good report? Two. Did they all see the same thing? What happened when the ten spoke death? A whole lot of people went, yeah, that's right. We won't achieve that. I'm not talking about salvation being, you're no longer his, you're no longer going to heaven. I'm talking about receiving the inheritance receiving what he has and walking with him your entire life, contending for everything you're hearing and coming into as one people. That's why he gives us one another. So we actually come into it together because the power in that between 500, 1,000 is so much greater than one person. But the challenge is, will we actually seek him to a measure where we can hear what he's saying? And so he gives you pictures. Stories, truth, not stories, fact, to show us the challenge. You see, five brides were, five brides didn't. Many are called, few are chosen. The invite goes to everybody. Nothing to do with heaven, hell. It's to do with reward. The Bible says Jesus is returning with his reward. You don't do it because you want a reward. You do it because you're in love with him. And so he sets it all up on a knife edge. And he says, I give everyone free choice, but here's my design. And it's beautiful and it's perfect and it doesn't have any mistakes. There's one way. It's his way. And the challenge for us is all to submit to the one way. And we think that's limiting. It's the most freeing thing you can ever give your life to. Trust me. It is not limiting. One way is freeing. We sing about it. One way, Jesus, you're the only one that I could live for. And then, oh no, maybe it's, 
my way. It's one way. And see, what needs to happen, and maybe I'll pray this prayer right now, is we all commit and submit our lives to Him. We say, we're going to walk this out. I'm going to pray a prayer today where I'm letting go of me. I'm letting go of me. Not all the things that He's revealed to me and the things He's shown me and all those things in the past, but you know what? Today, I'm committing to this journey at a greater measure than I have. And I'm not going to speak death, and I'm not going to speak the language of I can't, I can't. I was talking with Madeline, I said, no, it's not I can't, it's with him I can. I can't, that's right, you can't, with him we can. Allowing him, it's all he asks for, just allow me to be your Lord. You can't do any of it in your own strength, you just have to allow me to be Lord. And we will all come into, as we journey together, a measure in Him. I tell you, I can see it. I'm laying, Danny and I are laying our lives down here with the eldership and the staff to see it become a reality in the other leaders. It's amazing. God's shown me in here in Acts it manifesting, and I'll bring some of these things, but here's the thing, it's not looking at the external. What I want us to show you is the heartbeat. Because it's the inner that creates the external. So often we want to just create oneness through conformity, which is all external. But it has no life but the life that he's trying to birth. We mask unity with conformity. God's like, I've had enough. I want real unity that commands a blessing. So Father, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Lord, today, I can't pray for or can't choose anyone that makes anyone else's choice, but today, Lord, I submit again to this process. I lay my life down for it again, Lord. So I pray you, we would all make that by faith. Lord, those that aren't with us today that are part of our community, and we would make that decision to allow you to change us, to mold us, to shape us into the way you think, the way you see, the way you hear, the way you speak, and the way you act. Lord, we'd have such a love for one another and such a grace that in our areas of growth that we would cover one another and call forth the God in each one. And we would be able to see the God in each person here and call it out. Preparing us for a bride, preparing us to reign with you, preparing us in the kingdom of God being built in us and through us. And so a world would see the church, would see you in her full glory. And they would know and they would run to you. We want to be ready, Lord. If we're not waking us up, please, Father, waken us up. We can't do this in our own strength. We can't do it through guilt. We can't do it through our own will. We need the Spirit to breathe. So breathe, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us today. Lead us, guide us, teach us, transform us.
Lead us, guide us, teach us, change us. Come be the fire that brings us into this perfection of oneness. Come be the fire. You've sealed us with your spirit. You've sealed us so it's fully possible in you. Everything is possible in you. And I speak life, but it is possible. It will happen in you. I thank you for it happening. And I continue to pray into the process. Father, don't let sometimes our insecurity and our lack get in the way of what you want to do in us. Don't let our insecurities speak louder than faith. I feel God saying, don't you dare speak to yourself and tell yourself because of the insecurities you can't. You can in Him. All things are possible. Yeah, that um, ticking. I don't know what that is, but it's just almost like the heart that we're going. Thank you, Father. Circumcise our hearts, our minds, Father. Cut away the dross and birth the new. Your heartbeat pumps. Rhythmically. Heart of love. Heart of passion. Died for your people. Gave us your son, yourself. For us to become. We are and we're becoming. So I declare as we did today, Lord, the reality of the kingdom. I look forward to seeing it manifest itself through these great people more and more and myself. No one has arrived. No one is perfect. Just all humble people walking towards a greater reality in you that glory would be brought to your name. In Jesus' name.